security. He was born. specifically because you were Korean and yeah, sat with that. Pretty much. It was like, there was nothing like, it was like, <clears throat> which is like at the time that this happened, his social media was just constantly getting flooded with like, oh my God, it's the guy from Squid Game. I saw that and I was so mind It's okay. I comment about it. I'm just like, really? We're still on this? It's just I, like, I, I see both have like kind of shaggy hair, but that's really in him. It, it, it's just, it's just funny to me because, um, this might be offensive, but it's like, if we were to go back, like, you know, eight, you know, 50, 60 years ago, you know, it's like, you know, the casting, it was, oh, that person, that person is of a color. So they just, just cast them. It doesn't matter because the, the bit, it's like, you know, like, it just fits the look. It's like, you know, like, it's one of those things I know if this were to be done to a Caucasian performer, this would be a lot bigger news because they'd be like, Oh, you're just saying because they kind of look alike, that must be them. But because, you know, this is not being your cocky, like an outside, but oh, what? They kind of look alike. It's just, it's just, it in a way just shows there's people have a lot more, as a site growing, there's a lot more growing. I read one of the comments that one of you responded to, or maybe it was someone else, but they said, wow, you must not really, this was in response to someone saying like, oh, you do look like that guy from, and I was like, what are people thinking? And so someone responded, you must not really have a lot of exposure to people from yeah, different yeah, ethnicities. Like, like, like it's, it's one of the things where I wouldn't even get offended. Like, you know, if I were to get somebody from my like grandfather's era and be like, look at all these Caucasian people, it'd be offensive, but I know exactly what you'd say. You'd be like, oh, they'll look like it's, it's, I, you know, it's like, oh, it's it, funny. No, but, no, no, it's, it sucks, but it's just like, it just shows that more people need exposure. Yeah. It's like, it just shows, it just comes to show that people's as a society are, their brains just aren't used to this thing. Different, like the small different people of my like different similar ethnic yeah. group. Yeah, yeah. The the little minute details, the distinctive features that might be more characteristically traits with one ethnicity versus another. So, for example, like I'm Middle Eastern. I know I don't look it, but I am. And well, well but um, yeah, people are just like, oh, like where from which country? Because Certain people, if they're also Middle Eastern, they'll recognize right away. They're like, oh, you're from this country. Our, our brains are used to be able to see that difference. Yeah. Mm, totally. Whereas someone else who has like very little exposure to people from the Middle East might look at me and just be like, I thought you were just a white girl. <laughs> it's, it's, it's funny because like, it's, I'm so used to it. Like, I don't get like, I, it's like, there's no point to get offended. I just like, it's like. I know this person just like, yeah, you kind of get used, used to it. That's how I'll leave the house more. Yeah. Totally, totally. And I totally recognize also, I want to be clear for the people watching. I recognize I'm white. I have all the white privilege. I recognize it. Just want to check that real quick. Oh, God. I mean, I'm the, I'm always, I'm the, I'm somewhere like, like I know me being East Asian, Ali mm. gives me a privilege over, like some either like 
people from like the Indian subcontinent or Southeast Asian or like mm-hmm. I it's it's one of those things where I it's so difficult where I don't even know how to like break down that barrier slowly. Mm, I think it's sadly I see it in people of African Afri- African descent. The people with the lighter tone, sadly, from a wider audience, can give you know, higher approval. Colorism. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mimi, I've yet to hear from you. I know that we're going back and forth. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, Mimi, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, from I mean, like, I, yeah, just because it was the topic that, like, you know, definitely isn't like my, with like that specifically, like, that's not my place to really speak on to you. I was like, I am. I'm as Caucasian as they come. Look at me. I'm literally glowing from my ring light right now. But in terms of like morality and gender, I mean like specifically just God, trans women are represented in such a way that is almost just like stereotypical, I feel. Uh, like it re- there's a way in which like trans women are marketed that just reinforces just like some stake, just like some bad stigma. Like you see a very um with bisexual sites, all cisgender models, all cisgender models. There's never any trans models on these sites or like um, certain big creators rarely working with trans models, you know, like certain big bisexual creators rarely working with trans models. Even, even and when they do, just pairing it with another trans model. And it has to be very like, been present, mm-hmm. yeah. Like they played theirs, and they, they couldn't accept like someone who was like maybe like more like you know has a transition mm-hmm. as well. Like just like the scope of like what there is in trans porn, it's just so limited compared to like what there is in cis porn, and like a common thing is like God. With what he said, where like he often gets stereotyped as like a submissive bottom, people often stereotype me the opposite way of like wanting me to be like a dominant femme top. I'm just like, nope, uh, uh-uh, uh, we don't, we don't do that in this house. Sorry, you can find someone else for that, but not me. It's exhausting. It, it really is, and like, you know, continuously trying to push this narrative of like. Unless you are, you know, you know, a little queer, like if you are a heterosexual male who finds attraction towards trans females, like you're still a heterosexual yeah. male because I mean, they're getting, they're just but the way it's like so many transgender sites market their model, you know, it, it kind of doesn't reinforce that idea, which is something like I really hope changes. I got very lucky where I got cut, where I got to work with a site that like doesn't really use that kind of offensive marketing. You know, very recently um, there have been sites who have, you know, within the past like four, five years or so that have changed their names to the names used to be very, like the site names to be very offensive, like transphobic slurs. And a lot of their descriptions, even today, there's still sites that you use like offensive descriptions for transgender scenes. I think that's the like that's one of the like, newer like 
things that needs to like kind of change is that I think people maybe from the outside of the circle think using these slurs is some kind of a form of like, you know, I mean, it's, I hate to equivalent to this, but maybe it's kind of like inward where it's like, you don't just throw it out there. Like, like, you know, like I, I hate that I would use work and like, you know, like it's, you don't want us to just see some pedal person use the word train. Like mm. it's, but then, you know, they get that because sites used to market it that way. Mm -hmm. And it's like, oh, I totally hear you. And I think what you're both speaking to goes back to communication, the importance of language that we have yeah. to use. And if you're living in a community, oh, I'm sorry, Mimi, did I? Uh, no, sorry, sorry. But I'm luckily like with models, like speaking out about that kind of stuff, like that stuff is less like the use of, you know, transphobic slurs on trans sites is definitely something that has gone away for the most part. Yeah. Which I'm grateful for. Just, just all that mm -hmm. the shitty uh, edge schools out there. And like, I think now, like, God, it's kind of weird to say, but like, I feel like trans porn has kind of been on just like, it's kind of just been riding this wave of just going like up and up. Like, I'm just like continuously getting more popular and like more people getting exposed to it. it but at the same time, um, there still are a lot of issues that have to be worked out when it comes to trans people in porn. Specifically, like a group you never see represented is trans men mm. fortunately um actually recently a friend of mine who is a she is a trans woman who is a director in this industry her name is penny pedal she actually recently opened up a site called uh, i think it's transmythicent which is um specifically focusing on trans men and trans masculine people and like there have been a couple sites like that in the past but those two sites actually that I can think of but those sites have been run by someone who is very wow. predatory who has been very transphobic to the models that he has worked with quite a few of my like trans male um like friends in this industry have recently spoken out about like his sites and like working with him and so it's nice to know that now there is finally a good site that has trans mask representation that is run by someone who I know, like, is a good person and, like, above all else, is also, like, part of the trans community. I think that's, like, kind of a big thing is that, like, uh, having a trans person make trans porn, it really does make a difference, you know? Having that inside community making that content, it makes, it makes the difference. I don't know how anyone could argue that for mm. any, any lived experience or identity, like having someone who has the experience living it is it's probably like, going to notice and pay attention to some faces. Exactly. Uh, like, yes. Like the best representation is written by someone who is part of your community. And I think that's like, in a way, that's probably the best thing about like, in a way, I guess we're seeing a lot more like generational changes, like not just in porn industry, but like 
more right wide range of society. We see more people who are, I guess, closer to our age group becoming, you know, more represented. Because like, sadly, I think the, the biggest issue is that a lot of these things or foreign sites or even any sort of industry in head, in their day, were run by older people. And specifically a ton of old white men. Sadly enough, the problem is that they haven't, you know, if they had their mindset on one day, there is no changing that. And, you know, it doesn't matter who is saying it or where it's coming from. There's no changing their minds. Yeah. And, you know, a common argument you hear a lot, it's like, oh, well, it's just porn. It's not that deep. But it's like, no, porn really does lead to the normalization of things, whether good or bad. I you know, just without without porn, we wouldn't really have DVDs. We wouldn't really have like streaming sites. They're all like porn's always been leading in technology. Mm -hmm. Like and like leading in kind of societal views, I guess. Oh, well, yeah, I mean, it's it's due due to porn, where a term like milk is a a positive term. It's you know, it's not a derogatory thing. You know that through porn terms like milk. Cougar, you know, like, or like, appreciating like that attract, like, older women are attractive, you know? I'm like, watch it because I'm, I'm a MILF. <laughs> I think that yeah. there's definitely truth to what all of y'all are saying. And this makes me think of the recent, maybe for people who are having a hard time following who watch this, I think I think of, I'll just touch on this very quickly. This, the, person who made the statement from Victoria's Secret saying no trans people no fat people and it's like you have an old white dude yeah who, and I have no personal vendetta against anyone just because they are who they are I usually want people to prove who they are to me first but like old white dudes in positions of power just kind of have a trend and yeah. shit like that and it's like the only problem is like the only people, the only other people they listen to are old are other older white men yeah and so like it's kind of funny the reason like i think about this is like i hate to derail but like me being a history dork a lot of a lot of our wars in the past were literally fought because people were old could not appreciate somebody else's culture or background um like i think if i remember right the ob war started because whoever was the prime minister of england at that point went to uh qing dynasty and met with the king the problem is is that this prime minister was like hey i only bow my head to the the king of england i don't bow my head to you and they were like the fuck and you know like vice versa if somebody from that dynasty were to send somebody to, to England, you know, like, I'm not bound to that king. He's not my emperor. And it was just like, you know, the fact that these people could not just respect one another. Mm, mm. I, I tell this to my students. I appreciate you bringing up the history lesson. Like, it's one of the leading causes of war throughout the entire human civilization of this difference of religion and land mainly religious ideologies and differences but just this it, this narcissism this ego this lack of openness yeah mm -hmm. and it sounds like you two 
have a lot of openness in your hearts. And I think that's why I appreciate you both. And while I think all three of us are still learning, still growing, I'll speak for myself. I'm still so far from perfect. Mm. I think that it should be okay for us to have conversations like this. Absolutely. That might not be perfect, but that explore ways we want to see things change and improve, mm-hmm. even if not for our generation, but for the next. And totally agree. Because kind of like the only way, like the only way we could um, do anything about curiosity is to figure out, uh, and what's the best way, but to just openly talk about it. Like you know, it's like. Maybe at the end of the day, if people could let down a little bit of their pride, mm-hmm. like, you know, the only way to learn is to be able to talk about things. And yeah, we're, we're going to talk about things that might make them uncomfortable. But you have to let go of that pride because, you know, you have no idea who the person you're talking to, where they came from, what their background is, and what they might know or not know. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God, y'all, this is, we're getting deep. I think that people are going to be surprised that we have so many complex ideas. And who would have thought of your stars have thought? Yeah. Now, this does kind of bring us to our near close. Are we okay moving in that direction? Hmm. So, when it comes to, I mean, we've covered so many things. We've covered individual experience we've covered managing a relationship and communication and how that's a part of it we've also covered representation and what that means and what that's like how important it is out of all the things that we've covered is there anything that you can think of that you want to add or revisit revise something you said earlier or um expand on I mean, God, just thinking more about like, um, I guess in terms of what I said of like how tra- of like trans women being represented like in porn and everything, mm-hmm. you know, we really have to get past this idea of like, how do I say that's the best of me think? Um, there's a lot of male talent in the industry who definitely lusts after trans performers, mm-hmm. but would never publicly work with them. And it's like real life. Yeah. And it's like, when you try to call people out on that, they're like, well, it's not transphobic to want to work with you. But it's like, well, here's the thing. I know that you're attracted to me, Mm. but you don't want to publicly admit that because I'm trans. Mm. That is where the transphobia comes from. You know, people always like to say like, oh, it's not transphobic. It's not racist to have a preference. But like, what's your reasoning though? Your reasoning is most likely going to be rooted in those things. Mm. You know, like the other day, God, I... (laughs) There was a, a performer in this industry who had said, like, 
I don't do scenes with people of color. And it's like, like and they could just, they could, they literally could have just stopped there. But when they emphasized it, that's when it really, it's like, is it because they, what they emphasized it was like, oh, there was, I think they emphasized yeah. it as, at first they said, like, I, they specifically said, like, I don't do scenes with black men, which already in itself is like, terrible and racist. But then out. when got called out, they kind of doubled down with, oh, I'm not racist. I was just saying I would never do a scene with people of color. And then it was like, oh, because they said they have never physically ever been attracted to anyone. Who is think specifically, yeah. They yeah. specifically like, I have not met, like I've not seen a single black man that I have found attractive. And that, you know, it's, it's just one of the things where it's just like, you know, it's just a sort of statement. Yeah. Cause it's like, you haven't, you haven't seen everybody. And I remember her reasoning was like, oh, there's just facial and bone structures that I'm like attracted to. And it's like, ooh, you're not there. Yeah. It's like, they're. That is so cringe. Very. And it's like, that's such a common thing too. It's like, I know. Have both like the fetishization of races and of trans people. Yeah. The fetishization of like marginalized groups. But you also have like the active discrimination against them. Well, I think that's open. I think one of the things is that I don't think people, that's the sad part because, you know, people who we easily can perceive as racist, the biggest problem is that they themselves do not see it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like, sure, maybe like, you know, Someone can, you know, maybe they aren't a wholehearted racist, but it's like you are yeah. holding some ideologies and they, that are definitely rooted and, in racism. And they don't realize the toxic, they don't, they don't realize that there's a toxicity that like, you know, it's deep rooted that mm. they, they don't, um, I, if I remember, oh, the guy who I it kind of divulged, there was a guy who did that one machine he's uh, taken. Oh yeah, that guy. Yeah, Mason. Yeah, I remember reading a story about like um, someone he, who he was very close to was sexually assaulted by a person who was of a African descent, and he spoke about how for many years he kind of held on to that resentment towards that race, but mm-hmm. but then like he like looked himself in the mirror and realized. He realized how what he was thinking was prejudice, and I, and uh, and people and people didn't. I, I thought that was really, really um, really big to talk about because I think that's one of the biggest things is that people, if only people could talk about what they you know what's inside, and if they verbally talk because they don't never talk about it, they don't realize how toxic it is. Mm-hmm. Like you know you you just folded it and nobody else is there to like hey. You know, show a different might viewpoint to it. Mm-hmm. Like we don't really create, uh, like there needs to be room for people to be able to admit, like, hey, I'm realizing some thoughts I had weren't the best. You know, I real I educate myself and realize like this is rooted in something very shitty. Yeah, but yeah. I educated myself and I'm actively changing my mindset and trying to unlearn this thing that I like 
known. And yeah, I, and I think people should realize that it's okay to talk about like, you know, if someone, someone of a different race were to talk to me about like they, that they, that they might have a, a negative viewpoint about someone who's Korean or Asian, if we, if I have, if I have a chance to talk about it, I think that, that would, that would give an opportunity to be able to change that mindset, but without any sort of space to talk about it, that mindset will never change. I, you're both touching on such deep topics that are so globally important. It's in, these are conversations that are important on a global scale. And I think the one thing that I think that I'm just going to highlight on two things that you both spoken to. One thing I think of is cancel culture and how toxic it's made spaces that I think from my experience, cancel culture has kind of created a fear in people where one, they either don't want to talk about anything because they don't want to get it wrong and get canceled. So now we're losing conversations about racism or internal issues or ideologies that we can work out. Yeah. Two, there are people that are like, you're just using a word. You're just trying to label me. Uh, I don't know why I'm doing a Southern accent. Sorry. <laughs> but they're like, I don't know why you're trying to label me. That's like so whatever you're just like so sensitive and it, yeah. you try to just dismiss it so people are like afraid of talking or i feel like they feel emboldened yeah like my ideology is not problematic you're just sensitive and mm -hmm. it's like why can't we just be open to admitting that we're all part of around the world different ideologies and thoughts that teach us socially condition us to believe certain things and i know that i could speak for the u.s that like whiteness is the most represented in mm -hmm. politics and media everywhere so that's got to affect our ideology about duh what we might find attractive if i i think uh in a way like maybe because yeah, I think that it's terrible, but like, so like to go back on cancel culture, I in because to me, like, I feel like sadly, we've always kind of had cancel culture. It's just like, we, we kind of labeled different names throughout history. Sure. And yeah, but like, that's totally, it, it's, it really is true. And I think part of it is in a way that a lot of people, hey, if they're like, hey, if I can hide my flaws, why I think fingers of somebody else. That protects me. I feel like certain oh, yeah. aspect that's kind of what we see in the current climate is as soon as we figure out somebody has said something bad in the past or now, everybody wants to divulge in that person because they're like, as long as the spotlight is on this person, this won't come out to me. Mm -hmm. Ooh, that's real. I feel like what we're missing is conversations that are Absolutely. based in accountability. It's well, like we, like you said, like is like we we expect the people we like, the people we follow, to be perfect. That yeah. you know, it, it, at the end of the day, everybody has a flaw, and if we that because as a society we've given so much backlash and. If anything comes along that way, then there's, there's no space to be able to speak about it. And, you know, like, because of that, 
doesn't nothing changes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mimi, did you? Um, I mean, there's not really anything that like I can think to add. I think, well, no, I think like a big part of it is that like people are so quick to dismiss emotional responses to think like uh, that. Yeah. Like someone, you know, like saying something like about a marginalized group, people are going to have an emotional response to that because those are people you're talking about, you know, uh, and people, and like, you know, whoever is in the hot seat, like they're always so quick to just have be like, you know, again, like, oh, you're, you're so sensitive and like, oh, cancel culture. But it's like, no, you're talking about like actual people here, you know, people aren't like, people aren't like numbers and statistics. Like people have feelings. And if you say something negative about like, a certain marginalized group, people are allowed to be angry about that, you know? And like more than that, like they also aren't at liberty to educate you because it's not their job, you know? When people say like, oh, well, I didn't know, like, like, why didn't you, like, why don't you try to educate me instead of getting like angry? But it's like, it's not their job, you know? You can't bear the, that's just, shifting the weight of responsibility onto them when it's like no specifically for like you know for me and like for other white people it is our personal responsibility as white people to actively educate ourselves and unlearn like both the subtle and not so subtle like racist ideologies and messages that like we have been brought up on you know like because racism isn't just like it's not always so obvious, but it's like, you still have to educate yourself on those more subtle ideas and those subtle notions mm-hmm. and actively like teach yourself not to think that way anymore. And to remember like, wait, this thought, like, this isn't good. This is rooted in some shitty ideology. I need to stop thinking that way. I love that you, oh, did I cut you off, Dan? Sorry. Oh, no, 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 I, no, no, I, no, I just agree. Oh, I completely, I just love that you're keeping some accountability on our whiteness. I know that you and I can speak to that, that especially for white people and, and for everyone, it's important that we unlearn, that we investigate how we've been conditioned to think, believe, feel about people. And I think that it's just deeply, it's deeply sad that instead of when someone calls attention to a statement made that can hurt people's feelings, instead of someone being open to that and going, you know, I, I'm not interested in being this like rude and hurtful and dismissive of an entire group of billions of people people of color that's billions of people Mm -hmm. instead you know yeah i'm sorry i fucked up i just Mm -hmm. i'll work on like just it's so it's so not hard to even just do that yeah it's so easy to be like i like you know like it's so easy to just apologize and take accountability for what you said. And like, 
I think another big part of it is that like this is just based off like some real events that like I kind of have seen specifically in the sex work industry um, of people who think like they're owed forgiveness when it's like just because you apologize people aren't at liberty to forgive you but that doesn't mean you shouldn't apologize mm-hmm. you know being a decent person doesn't doesn't warrant you reward being respective of people does not warrant you praise yeah not being super offensive doesn't yeah. even a gold star that's just how you should be uh mm-hmm. anything that that's kind of like another part of like why people get so defensive and so like apprehensive towards changing is that they're kind of just like well what what's in it for me that's like nothing should be in it for you you should just want to be a good person Mm. i think i think one of the things is that in a way i think we as a we as people maybe haven't adapted really people haven't realized that just just what's changed in the last 20 years it's like it's like in a way kind of a bigger change in society than it has like 50 years ago because mm-hmm. i think one of the things is that like people don't realize because of things like twitter or uh or instagram you know even in social older social media format mm-hmm. it was more if you like my space on facebook for example when you post something you're only posting it to your circle and to your echo chamber. Yeah. Whereas something like Instagram or Facebook, people, I don't think people wrap, have wrapped it around their mind. When you say something on there, there is no barrier. It literally can reach anybody. Mm-hmm. And that, and I don't think people have adapted to that responsibility that they don't realize is, you know, when you say that, you're not just saying it amongst your friends. Everybody can see it and everybody can hear it. And it also doesn't disappear. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, that's, that's hidden close to home. And, and I'm not going to sit here and pretend I'm perfect. I, I've spent years trying to unlearn a lot of problematic ideologies I've had and whatnot. And although I, I, I think that's what it is like, it's just the general, it's just, I think, you know, us, we're kind of in between that generation where. A lot of this has changed. Mm-hmm. Yep. In a way, a lot of the old people have never adapted. I think that's one of the things why we, we see is that they've always seen these crazy things. It's just that now there's, there's a format to be able to echo those words even louder. Mm-hmm. And I think like another big part of it is that like, yeah. it's so easy to just say, oh, it's just like the older generation that speaks this way, you know, like the common thing of like, you know, just old straight white men, but it's like, no. These ideas are kind of prevalent everywhere. Oh, yeah. It's it, it yeah. passed down. Yeah. Like, for me, I'll use I'll use myself for example. Me being ethnically ethnically Korean, if anybody has like, any sort of knowledge in that area's history, knows it's always been problematic. So you know, so like someone who is of of a Caucasian here might not know, but like you know, if you put a Korean person and a Japanese person in a room, there's going to be some friction. Potential for tension. But it's like, it's, but because we're black, 
people, a lot of people are not used to that kind of history and tension. They just go, what's wrong with these people? Mm. And you know, it's not, and you, I think you, you, you'll see everywhere. You'll, you'll see it. I think you see regional differences in this country or, you know, religious or race, you know, people don't realize that when you say that now, it's not just, you know, it's not just here to everybody. And when you say around, you know, that's what, like, like, you know, we probably get a lot of our biased views from, from how we grew up. It's our surrounding. Yeah. It's, yeah. you know, I saw my mother say, um, uh, you know, negative things of a, about a Japanese person, because it's a cultural thing that's just been passed out and nobody has really stepped in to say, this is not healthy. Mm. You know, you look at, look at like right now, look at Jewish, look at Israel and Palestinian people. I don't believe there is really just true, clean cut, good and bad. There are, you know, I, wherever you go, there are good people, bad people, strange people, weird people. Just because someone's every certain ethnicity or certain background, not everybody there are great people. Not everybody are bad people. And I okay. think if we, we just clean cut, I like this, I support this, I don't support this, I fight that. Oh. I, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to. Oh, no, no, no. I think what you're speaking to are generalizations and how we sometimes just make these huge sweeping generalizations on entire populations of people. And I want to encourage anyone who's viewing this to do their history, um, do, educate themselves on their history of uh, Korea, how Korea became South and North Korea and the, I won't speak to it because it's not my, my history, but I educated myself about it, but why there might be potential tension between someone who Japanese descent and Korean descent. Um, and I think I encourage people to educate themselves about this. And I appreciate you sharing your experience, your openness, willingness to be vulnerable and speak to that. And I think that you really bring it home when you're talking about these generalizations, like they're dangerous to make. Mm -hmm. I think I, that we could all think of ways. That's it's uh it'll like 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 as a race even this country i feel like that's what all this like i'm making a very huge claim but i believe as asian americans that's kind of what holds us back like and in terms of representation in terms of uh being uh being seen by everybody because like mm. if you look at african americans if you look at hispanic people those African-Americans aren't just one African-American. They're, you know, of a Senegalese descent or the descendants growing up in the United States, but mm -hmm. they come together as African-Americans. Hispanic people, maybe Mexican, Cuban, but they come together as, suspect, you know, Hispanic-American and Latinx. You don't really see that with Asian Americans or, or, or any of any Asian or Asian representation. It's, it's no Korean, it's Chinese, it's Japanese, it's Taiwan. And you know, mm -hmm. if you're different, I don't really care about you because I only care about my people. Mm, mm, mm. 
I feel like that's very dangerous. I cannot speak to the Asian American or Asian experience. I can only speak okay, to I, I, it's, it, uh, I, well, it's like, it's, it's one of the things I never see being talked, spoken about, but like, it's like, you're around it, you know, it's a friction you could see. Totally, totally. I was going to add in my own way that being of Middle Eastern descent, it is a reality that I've witnessed like different ethnic groups under this umbrella term that I think people are just like, well, and if they're not part of that ethnic group, they're just kind of like, well, all of you are like that. And then if you are a part of the ethnic group, you're like, well, no, actually we're really different. And like, we're, yeah, like there's just this like close knit experience. And then you might have someone of a different ethnic Middle Eastern descent who's like, y'all are super different. Like we mind our business, you mind yours. And I'm like, oh, let's, can't we be best friends? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And I, I feel like that's as a group that, you know, something that should be, you know, if we talked about it, I think that this is one of the most like complex, like, uh, we've touched on, I don't know what the word is. I'm, I don't know what the word is, but this is one of the most like rich, let's call it that the one of those rich discussions I've had in quite a while. I am deeply appreciative of you both. And I'm interested in continuing this conversation. I'd be we can totally do another episode. We can expand. If Dan, if you want to do like a whole episode on history and just school people, go for it. Mimi, if you want to do a whole episode on what it means to have rights and representation mm-hmm. in government, we could do a whole episode on that. Unfortunately, I do have to get going. Yeah. Uh, uh, so I've had to go off right. like some chances for that. Yeah. Whoa, this was so informing and so important for you to to have space for your voices to be heard, and they're gonna be heard. I'm I can't wait to release this whole project I'm doing. Um, I'm gonna quit recording, but before I do, do either of you want to mention how people can follow you or? get in touch with you if you're comfortable with that yeah so i am at odang o-h-d-a-n-g mimi m-i-m-i on all my social media so that's on instagram twitter whatever else that's where anyone can find me that's also where i have like kind of my email and everything where people can contact me regarding things uh with me i just try to stick with twitter uh uh, you can find me at, at uh, Cup of Pudding, uh, that's C-U-P-O-F-O-H-D-A-N-G. And a heads up for viewers. I think both of your accounts are like not safe for work, just as a... Yeah. Completely. Because I am going to have my classes watch this. So heads up, not safe for work. Don't be scrolling while you're on the job, y'all. <laughs> okay. Uh, jokes aside, I am so again deeply appreciative of you both. I really appreciate getting to do yeah, that. It's it's great to have a space. You know, this is not stuff normally spoken about, so it's nice to have a space. Mm-hmm. Talk about this. I am 
so open to creating space for us to have more conversations. I think that it's healthy, especially for us to be able to talk about these things and with people who get it, who maybe have experience and who don't just fetishize us and sexualize us. Just can we just have complex conversations for the hell of it? Yeah. Oh, my God. God love you. What does the mom and mean girl say? God love you, kids. You keep me young. (laughs) I am so, so grateful for both of you. I am really looking forward to following up and having more conversations in the future. Thank you so much, each of you. I will be in touch. I'm going to stop recording and then we can check in real quick. Okay. Yeah.